You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with host Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Welcome to season two of the Choose to Be podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. All right, we're going to talk today about hope and really how it's so common to go back and forth in hope to have too much hope and not enough hope when we're on this healing journey through betrayal trauma and a healing journey even uh, with divorce. I can relate to this even in my journey after divorce and healing from that too. So it's so hard to navigate this. And I think as Christians, this adds a another layer of intensity behind hope because hope is such a big part of our religious culture. And when you are constantly told to just have hope, I think that statement right there, just have hope can really be damaging, confusing, and frustrating when you're like, I'm having hope, I'm trying. And really what I think that's insinuating is that God's going to do all the work. He's going to do, he's going to work the miracles, right? So I just need to have hope. What that really is doing, I think, is essentially taking us out of our power. And we're handing it over to something else, someone else, when I think hope is both. It's how to have hope in your power, in what you have control over. So hope that my spouse will get better, have recovery, whatever. That's a tough one, right? Because you're having hope in someone else's agency. And that can be problematic. So we're going to talk about all the different elements of this today. So where do you want to start with this, Alana? Um, well, I want to start with don't, don't turn off the episode when you hear that. <laughs> we're going to take away some of the hope because we're not. Hope is a beautiful, wonderful thing to have. When we have hope, sometimes it allows us to put that one foot in front of the other. And hope can be something that keeps us going, that motivates us, that lets us feel like we can do another day. Other times, hope can be really destructive. And I had a woman in group one time and she said, how much hope is too much hope? And I was like, ooh, like that is such a good question. Yeah. Because I have some people, some clients where I'm like, oh goodness, like our hope right now is not based in any type of reality. And it's really setting you up for so much more pain. And other times reality and their journey, there's a lot of good work happening, but that hope is so scary to have that we're smashing the hope. And so yeah. it's that figuring out what that balance is of what healthy hope looks like and when it's too much or when it's okay to maybe step a little bit into it. Yeah, for sure. Well, and we use that word and this is why I'm hoping no one does turn it off because I really think just getting clear about how we even use this word because this word gets used very flippant as well. Hope you had a good weekend. You know, oh, I hope I make a good grade. So we're even using the word maybe in, in different ways throughout our day, throughout life. And I think when we're talking about hope in relation to betrayal trauma, um, to our future, that 
we've got a different definition that we need to really define here and get clear about. So we want to validate hope and to validate how important it is to have it. But I think getting clear about what that is in relation to trauma and healing is a, is a totally different animal. Okay. So I have a thought on this. Um, I looked up before we started recording today, I looked up the definition of hope. And the definition was a feeling of expectation and desire for certain things to happen. And I thought about that and I was like, ooh, that word expectation was in there. <laughs> desire made a lot of sense because that's kind of how I've always thought about hope. But when we throw in that word expectation, I can't tell you how many people I have who have these expectations. I'm going to pull out this checklist, right? We talk about the checklist a lot of, Okay, if I do this and this and this and this, then I expect that this will be my outcome. But unfortunately, we can do all of these things. And if we don't have the right heart or the right attitude, or we're just doing it to simply check a box, that expectation really won't be based in any type of outcome that we're looking for. And so just going a little bit deeper into like the definition of hope, I want you as a listener, as you're thinking about this, I want you to just like pause for a minute, push pause on however you're listening to this and think about how much hope do I have in my life right now? Good or bad, high or low. And then I want you to think about what expectations do I have connected with my hope? And maybe before we, our brain even lets us get to the expectation, maybe we look at, okay, what are my desires? Because when I was going through this, I had some pretty dang strong desires in a lot of different ways. One of my biggest things, I remember wanting my family to not break apart. That was like a great desire of me. I had hope that my family would not break apart. Other times, I had hope that my husband would just leave because in my brain, that was like, you know what? I'm going to be out of pain faster. Just leave. Be done. But with those desires, what expectations are attached to them? Right. Because I, again, same hope, right? For years, I don't want my marriage to break apart. I don't want my family to break apart. I don't want, you know, these, these promises we made each other to go by the wayside. And it did. It's, it would be easy for me to say, well, what the heck did I have hope in? And see, doesn't work. And then that's where I personally started getting ticked off at God. And so it's really important to see what we're having hope in with that word expectation and realizing that hope changes. And I love how Brene Brown puts it where she says, hope is to have a goal and know that it's reachable and believe that you have the ability to get there, even if you have to plan B it. So I had hope that my marriage would work out. I had hope, but I had plan B. And plan B, is great, but it didn't diminish the hope that I had, you know, starting the journey that it would, that he would do the work, that we would heal, the marriage would work out. So it, it, yeah, lots of different elements and we can pull this apart in so many different directions. And I think it's so healthy to get real with yourself. But like I said earlier, it also is tricky when you're putting all of your eggs of hope in the basket of someone else's power. Right. So I am putting all of my hope in my spouse's basket and his control bubble. 
and then we're going to sit back and just watch. So what if we brought some eggs over into our control bubble and now what are we going to do, actively do? Um, well, think, let's just back it up. How am I going to think? Because Brene also talks about how it's a thought, helps a thought, not an emotion. So to move forward. I, I just think that's such a beautiful way to look at it. 100%. And this plan B, I hear so many women feel like if I'm making any type of plan B, that means that I'm, I've given up on my marriage or I've given up on the relationship or I've given up on fill in the blank. Hmm. But that's, that's completely a misconception. You empowering yourself with other options actually allows you to invest even more fully in each of your options because we'll just use it with if there's a marriage, you being able to have a plan B and then if they choose to do their work and do their part and you want to stay in that marriage and you still have a plan B, that gives you so much more power to choose the relationship and actually feel less stuck in the relationship than if you had no other option. Because then there's this part of your brain that's going, well, am I here because I want it or am I here because there's no other option? Correct. Oh my gosh, so powerful. Well, and something else that I 100% agree with that Brene talks about is how she says hope is a function of struggle. Oh my gosh, that statement right there. Hope is a function of struggle and it's a product of not tying your failure to who you are. So when plan A doesn't work out, it doesn't mean anything about your worth. It is not that you um, didn't do enough because how many women do we work with that say, I just have to exhaust myself to the point of self-destruction and depletion before I can make a choice here and, and accept failure because they're making it mean something about themselves. So if hope is a function of struggle, oh my gosh, that changes, I think, almost all of it for me. Because in my, like for me, I'll just speak for myself, growing up, talking about hope, it was almost like the Pollyanna, just sit quietly in my chair, twiddling my thumbs going, I have hope, I have hope. <laughs> Right. And not really doing anything. And then when there was a struggle, it was, oh, shoot, I didn't have enough hope or enough faith. I made it mean something about my worth, that I wasn't doing enough of something. Well, I can't tell you how many people I see, women especially, but I have a few male clients who do this too, who are just running through this life, almost like hustling for their worthiness. Yep. Just yep. hustling for it. And that is such an exhausting way to live. And I mean, that, that's been me, like a lot of my life. That's something I've had to entangle in my yeah. own therapy is this, this, if I don't Wait, do stuff. enough, will I still be loved? Will I still be accepted? Yet you said something around not doing anything that sometimes when we have hope, it puts us in this position where, well, now I have hope, so I don't have to keep doing stuff. So there's like this, the way, the way my brain is going is there's this balance between I'm doing everything I possibly can to control every possible scenario and make sure everything's taken care of and, you know, hustle, 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 hustle. And okay, well, I'm just going to have hope and hands in the air. Let's see what happens. There yeah. to be this balance in between 
of what it looks like. Right. And where we're seeing the problem is, you know, where it becomes problematic is when hope takes you out of reality, out of what is happening. And so it's so important where we can stay in reality, we can stay in what is and have hope in the future. But what I often see is we have hope that the circumstance will change. Okay. You don't have control over that. We have hope that um, in things, again, outside of our control bubble, and that's just dangerous. That stops us acting in our own power and our own agency. And so asking yourself, where do I have power to create the outcome I want and then have hope that you can achieve it? You, right? Keyword. You. Yes. Because so many women in recovery are going, okay, well, if he would just, well, I'm, I'm just hoping he'll do this. Well, I really need him to show up in this way. And while there are certain levels or standards and things you will accept and not accept, focusing all of our energy on what somebody will do or will not do is such a disempowering way to live your life. Oh my gosh, yeah. It is. And you don't realize it is. Like you and I are like, you know, this takes you out of your power. And And we're always trying to empower women and, and encourage them because we've, been on both sides and I can just feel some women like don't even like that statement you just made probably doesn't even compute because of how you've been functioning for so long. And so if it takes a couple times to, you know, re-listen to this and really try to do some work around with your one-on-one, what does that even feel like? Right? What does even what does that even feel like? What Alana just said there. I just want to validate that. Well and Thank you for all of the validation, Amy, you just gave me. But I want to slow down what you said right before that, where you said that where it becomes problematic is when we're, we're stepping out of reality. And so hope, hope is one of those things where we're looking forward into this unknown future, right? And so we're hoping things will be this way later. But it's okay to look ahead and have desires and to plan for different outcomes. But when it takes us out of the reality of what's happening today, that's really problematic. And so, so often a lot of the work we have to do is what am I seeing right here and right now? What are the current patterns? How is this person showing up? How am I showing up? How am I responding? How is my body reacting? Those things that are happening right here, right now in reality, that's what we really need to stay grounded in, especially as we look forward. Well, yeah, because it's the only thing you have power in. I was just, so my senior in high school son, he's getting ready to, you know, graduate and you buy the yearbook and they give you an option to buy a page or half a page in their yearbook and write something about him and put pictures and yada, yada. So I'm doing this for him and his yearbook. And I put one of my favorite quotes by Gandhi in there where it said, he says, there are two days in the year that we cannot do anything yesterday and tomorrow. (laughs) And I love that because it's today, the reality and being in the present of today, that is where you have power to act. And if today is a struggle, we can still have hope. I think about women who ask the question of, when thoughts of an affair or they're acting out or, you know, whatever, those thoughts that creep back in with what their spouse has done keep coming to your mind. How do you have hope when that happens? 
Like that's a hard one. Or when you keep reliving the events over and over, how do you break free from that? How do you have hope in a future with your spouse when that keeps happening? You know, that today concept, and this is not betrayal trauma related. This is just Alana's life. And I'm going to pull you into my world for a minute. But I have all of these quotes in my closet that are around stop waiting for Friday and live today. Stop waiting for this one thing to happen and then my life will be more calm. Or if I get to this place, then I'll be happy. Or if this happens, then I'm going to feel this way because that is how my brain works. And I have had to really fight that where I'm always going, okay, well, if I can just get through this trial, if I can just get through, oh, this is like a classic me. Okay, so I'm like, okay, I just got to get to the end of the school year. I just got to get to the end of the school year. We get to the end of the school year. First few days, we're like, sweet. We're like, summertime. But guess what? I still have to work. And so then we're in summer and the kids are home all day and I'm not there, which really brings on the mom guilt. I get off really early so I can still do mom stuff, but still like, and they're messing up my house. And so <laughs> then I'm like, okay, I just can't wait for school to start. Can't wait for school to start. Oh my gosh, count down the days till school. Then school starts. And it's like, oh, they're in school. Like I'm alone. And then I'm like, oh, but guess what? I'm still working. And then all of the school stuff come and it gets more and more intense. And I had to take this child, this place, and this child, this place. And every night of the week, it's different because different places. And I'm like, okay, I just got to make it till Christmas. And you, you see the pattern where if you're always living in this place of like, I just need to get to this next stage, you're robbing yourself of being present in the moment and enjoying today. Yes. And, and you can have the emotions that you want today. So I see this happen with whether it's if my partner gets his act together, gets into recovery, whatever that thought is, then I will feel, you know, this emotion. Uh, if I can just get through the divorce, when the divorce is final, then I will feel free. And one of the things that I do when clients say that is, well, okay, let's just talk about that. You know, how your thoughts create your emotion, that emotion is available to you today. So what do we need to think today to create that emotion for you? It's powerful. It might hurt your brain to really go there. I get that. And that's why it's, you know, we walk very slowly, but there's so much empowerment in that concept. And we want all of our listeners, like that's one of our goals is to provide you thoughts and tools to help empower you so that you can move forward in your life so that you can see things as they really are and not get stuck. We see so many people get stuck. So if this is really hard for your brain right now, we get it. It's okay. Let it be hard. Give it some thought, thought dump it works with, you know, your one-on-one -on -one through this. Good stuff. So one of the things I was reading in some research that Brene, we, we quote her all the time. Maybe season two will get her. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that she was doing. Okay. So <laughs> we're putting out Brene vibes. But she was doing some research, you know, in her research on hope. And the studies were that high hopeful people, like she's like, I want to know why, like, what do these high hopeful people have in common that they did to not make their failures mean something about their worth and value? And there was a few different characteristics that they had. And I cracked up so loud when, when I read Tenacity. <laughs> because as I think I've mentioned here before, 
that literally is one reason why I had a guy I dated break up with me. <laughs> and, and I thought that was really funny, but I like thinking about hope this way too. What qualities do you have that will keep your hope going that you own? So I own my tenacity. That's something I create within myself. That's that can bring on that hope. And it was that tenacity that helped me walk out the door and leave. That tenacity is what got me to get a job and create a business to provide for my children. It was that tenacity to hope that I could find clients. Tenacity and bravery and courage to make those hard phone calls to get clients or create boundaries. Like all of those really hard things that I had hope would work out, but I had to do something to get that. And it was these qualities that, um, that provided that. Does that make sense? Did I explain that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love that. And I love that quality that helped you. And sometimes the tenacity or that resilience is just trying another coach or another therapist if the one you're working with isn't giving you what you want or giving an adequately tending to the betrayal trauma or isn't trained in it or that resilience to be able to be vulnerable and put yourself out there one more time. Other times it's tenacity to not put up with something one more time. I I love that. Well, and it's like, um, sometimes we use that word hope as, as a wish that we send up to God and we leave out that action part. So it's just adding the, the action to it. And that's where her comment about the struggle comes in, which I just love. So you can have hope that something will work out and then be in the struggle of getting it with what you have control and power over. And then when it quote fails, you plan B it or plan C it or plan D it. <laughs> you got lots of plans. You know, I always tell my clients, there's always options. There are always options. The moment you have that thought or feel like there are no options, you run out of it. That is a really great sign you're stuck and you need to do some digging. You need to go get some help because your brain has completely froze. So you need some help getting unstuck with some thoughts that um, are limiting you because there's no limit. You are limitless. <laughs> I love that. So I want you to repeat that just one more time. You're limitless. <laughs> All of it, girl, it only comes out once. Good. <laughs> Where you feel like you have no other options. And I can't tell you how many people I've heard say that of like, well, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. Well, I have to do it because they're doing this or it, there's just nothing, nowhere I can go or nothing I can do different or I've tried everything. Yeah. But a hundred percent, you, you're... There are always, always, always more options. And our brain loves to give us like one or two. And when those one or two don't pan out, then it's like, okay, I give up. And it's, (laughs) no. And so from what you said that I just want to highlight, hope gets problematic when it keeps you from adequately preparing for negative outcomes. It keeps you from having these other plan Bs. And it's also problematic when you are forfeiting your own personal power and control. I love that. 
which is why we got to stay in reality because it's in the present moment with all of it, all of the mess, all of it, that you will see your options. If you can't see options, then I'm going to challenge you that you are probably not living in the present with your negative emotion. I'll just stop there because that's usually what it is. <laughs> okay, so building on that, another problematic piece that hope can have is hope can be problematic when it's a tool for self-deception. Mm -hmm. That comes all the way back to like where we started and what you just talked about, about living in reality. But sometimes we don't want to face reality. Sometimes reality sucks. So it's a lot easier to just hang on to hope and hold on to hope and focus on that future desire and future goal because reality is so painful that we don't want to see it. Right. And I don't think that was ever the intention when people talk about hope being a good thing, I don't think that was the intention of hope was to deceive ourselves. I agree. It's not bad to hope. We just need to hope wisely. Mm. So the word that's coming to mind is false hope. So are there false hopes that we're hanging on to that aren't grounded in any type of reality? And I think it's, here's the thing. I just want to validate. I think it's okay that even when things are, falling apart and going really bad. I think it's okay to hang on to some kind of desire of, I hope it will get better. That's okay. That's absolutely okay. Not only is it okay, but I encourage you to have that desire of things looking better and being better. But where it comes problematic is when we're incorporating these other pieces where we're putting those blinders on of this isn't happening, this isn't happening because I want to be somewhere else. Yeah. So it's, it's not bad to hope, but please, here's my encouragement. My plea with you is to hope wisely. Hope based in reality and not putting all of your trust in hope. You can be self-confident in yourself and in your efforts, but don't let hope run the show leave that empowerment with you. That's my challenge to you. So a lot of women who are listening are religious and believe in a Christ and are taught to have hope in Christ. And I, I think this often does get forgotten when we're in the middle of, of hell. I've thought about it this way before, where have you ever discovered money in your pants pocket or jacket pocket that you forgot about? Like, I love this when this happens. It's like, it's like the best. <laughs> it's like receiving that unexpected bonus. <laughs> and, and the funny part is I would think, oh my gosh, I just gained $5, but you've always had the money the whole time. You just forgot about it. And that's like our hope in Christ sometimes is that he's been there all along, but when we forget about him, we forget that he is there, that we can have hope in him. And so if we have a relationship with Christ, then we can always have hope in him because he is our hope. And he is more than enough when we don't feel like we are. And I think the action part behind that, the struggle in this, is building that relationship with him. What does that look like? Because I know there was a time when I didn't want anything to do with that, with him. But once I had hope in him, 
in this struggle. So for example, when I would, when I had to go to court, um, lots of fear, <laughs> lots of anxiety. I wanted that to turn out a certain way. I hoped that it would turn out a certain way. And for me, having hope in Christ was looked like putting him in front of me between what I feared and what I was capable and or incapable of doing. So I could do everything. I had power to prepare for that, that event, that court. And I had hope in the outcome that I wanted, but there's a lot in between of what I can't control. That's not in my power. And that's where I inserted Christ. And he became my hope that whatever did happen, I knew he was there in the middle of that space. Does that make sense? I think that was, that was really beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. I know on here, we don't talk a ton about the religious pieces of it because not all of our listeners are religious, but that was an important piece of your healing journey. And that was an important piece of my healing journey was my faith and having that hope in Christ or in God or in a heavenly mother or whatever your higher power is. And so just thank you, Amy, for your vulnerability and going there. And if you're listening to this and you're going, I'm not religious at all, that's okay. Like the rest of the episode, all about hope, take that, take what works for you. And for those of you who are religious and who could really hear and feel what you shared, Amy, that was, that was beautiful. Thank you. So I guess as we wrap up, the thing we want to leave with each of you is really this reminder that you are in the driver's seat of your own life. You are in power. You are in control. You get to make decisions for you. And hope can be a beautiful, wonderful thing. Please do your work around your hope. Please figure out what your desires are, what your expectations are. Make sure you're having multiple plans, multiple options, that you're basing things in reality and you check yourself with that self-deception because like that's an uncomfortable one that, that we all do to some degree. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and it's super overwhelming and you're going, I don't even know where to begin or how to do this, do a one-on-one -on -one session. It can be so beneficial just to say, okay, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm stuck. Help me. And, and your coach or your therapist is trained to help you unravel the pieces of it. So you definitely don't have to do this alone. So as always, thank you for being part of the conversation. Thanks for hanging out with me and Amy today. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Okay, hold on everyone. Remember to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review so that your name gets entered into a drawing for a free gift from Alana and I. On October 26th, we'll announce the names of two lucky winners, maybe three if we feel like it, as a thank you to all of you amazing listeners. We want everyone to know what you all do, and this helps spread the word that there is hope and healing available tools and resources for those who are trying to choose recovery and choose healing. So thanks for listening and keep choosing you. Take care, everybody.